you know the vibes yeah <laughs> let's talk about it let's do it it's a sad day you're well, you're, you're listening to uh, Luke podcast brought to you by nba 2k23 NBA did we just start? Did we just start? Yeah, I didn't even started. know we started. We started, you know, oh, vibes. Oh, <laughs> as, as I was saying, 2K23, the only place where I can still see Marcus Smart in a Celtics uniform. I'm going to see alongside me as always, BJ Armstrong. BJ, how are you doing today? Wow. Someone's <laughs> a little salty today. <laughs> okay. BJ, Let's I'm having a bad day. I'm having a bad day. Well, let's my, get my, to it. My office flooded. Right, there was like a shock, flood, rainstorm, whatever. Oh. While you're enjoying the sunshine in your barbecue, my Wi-Fi router and my fuse box and all the wires in my place got flooded, and uh, Marcus Smart got traded from the Celtics. So all in all, a horrible day. Um, but here we are on the podcast, and and to make things worse, we did a podcast yesterday, which was a whole waste of time because I was excited about a trade, thinking Malcolm Brogdon was going out, and instead we end up with Porzingis in exchange for Marcus Smart. So we now have the softest roster in the entire NBA. And um, yeah, here we are, BJ. Let's get your thoughts on the trade. Well, let's start off with the, you know, what I think they're trying to do. First, I want want to commend the ownership because clearly they've pushed their chips all to the middle of the table. Okay. Now we can disagree or agree, you know, whether this is, these are the right players or right group. We can agree. We can have that a separate conversation. However, what I want to do for sure is Mo say the ownership group are pushing all of their chips to the middle of the table now with this Porzingis move, because now clearly what they're saying is we're going for it. They're, they're, whether or not we agree, this is, the best move or the correct group or whatever we can have that a separate conversation i will say this now they've made it clear that they're going for it. okay so that's the first thing second thing i don't think their roster i don't think they're done they have to not be what done because if do. this is the roster this is disgusting okay i don't think they're done and third you know what is the one thing that joe mazula Coach Joe Mazzulla and staff has been, they've been harping all year. They like three-point shooting. Well, he is a three-point shooter. Okay. Fourth, I will say this. You know, I was I was looking at the roster. I said, okay, Derek White at the one, Jalen Brown at the two, Jason Tatum at the three, Porzingis at the four, and the time, time lord at the five. I was like, that's a, that's a nice, that's, that's good size. You have shot blocking. You can replace that with Al Horford. So I was thinking, I was like, you know what? It's not bad. Now, do I think it's a complete roster? No. Do I think it's a team that, you know, can play significant minutes together? Probably not. However, if they can get healthy and those guys could, get to the season where all those guys could be on the floor for let's say 25 to 30 minutes a night. I was like, yeah. Now do I think they're going to probably need other things? Like you just mentioned, you know, I value toughness, Marcus smarts, toughness, Grant Williams, toughness. I value that. However, if they're able to add that into the building along with this talent and this length, they have length now. 
and size. I was like, you can't well, argue it. We can well, argue well, whether yesterday, or not we can argue. yesterday on yeah, the show. Yeah, you can have it. All right. Yeah, I, 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 again, I, I'm just saying you can. We can argue whether it will work. But when I was looking at it, I was like, you know what? I can see what they're doing. I see what they're doing. So that's all I want to say about it. Well, yesterday on the show, you said you didn't like the trade when it was Brogdon because they lose toughness. They defensively may get worse. And now that they've swapped Brogdon for Marcus Smart, you seem to have come around more on a trade. It's interesting I'm not coming around. I just said, I, no, I just said, that, no, I just want to make it clear. I just want to make it clear. And then you can have it. I, I, I promise. I won't interrupt. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what I would have done. I said, I just see what, let me look at it from their viewpoint and try to see what they're doing. I'm not saying I would have done it, but I could see what they're trying to think of. Now it's yours. So the reason why the original deal fell through is the Clippers didn't agree to it because Malcolm Brogdon has a health issue, a significant health issue uh, that's so significant that the Celtics can't do the trade. Um, he's apparently still not had surgery on his elbow, I believe, and they don't know how long he'll be out. Um, so knowing that means the Clippers didn't want Brogdon which if the Clippers don't want someone because of injuries, given that they are the home of load management, it must be pretty bad. So now you've got a roster where your guards are Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, who has this significant health issue, and Peyton Pritchard. Um, so your guard rotation has got a lot worse. You've traded away your best defender. You've traded away the heart and soul of the team. Marcus has had a positive net rating every single season he's been with the Celtics. Every that means every single time he's been on the court for a, for a season with the Celtics, they've outscored their opponents. Right? Okay. You you've got a guy who's not missed the playoffs yet with his in his entire career, and was the real leader and the voice in the locker room. If you think back to that season where they were down in the standings and turned it around and got to the NBA Finals, it was Marcus Smart in that locker room. You know, remember those reports came out where he was screaming at uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and then that's when the play of the Celtics improved. So you've lost the culture and the fire from the team. Grant Williams is also going to go, and he was the only player who was really standing up to the Miami Heat when they were in that series. So you've now been left with a very soft team. And I think, yeah, everyone's going to tell me, oh, Paul Zingis ranks ahead of Smart in all these metrics and advanced stats. I don't care about any of them. This is basketball. You, it's not a spreadsheet. It's not a game that's played on a computer. It's real life, okay? Now, if we're playing NBA 2K, maybe it's an advantage for your team to trade Marcus Smart for Paul Zingis. But in real life, when Paul Zingas has proven himself to be soft time and time again, this is a horrendous move for this. So now you're forcing Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to have to step up and become the leaders of the team. I don't know how that's going to work out. I want to commend the Memphis Grizzlies for this trade because they've got an amazing piece in defense and leadership and everything that can come in and really give some guidance to those young players. We spoke about that recently. Also with Jama Rent out, um, They've got a guy that can come in and be their lead ball handler. And then when John Morant returns, he's comfortable playing off the ball. So I like what they've done. They've given up Tyus Jones, who wanted a bigger role anyway. Um, so I think Memphis have done really well out of this trade. The Wizards, once again, have not received any first-round picks in these deals. So for Beal and Paul Zingas, they're yet to receive any first-round picks. So Memphis came away as the winners in this one. And I really hope that the Celtics have got something else planned. Because if they go into the season with this roster, I think they're a especially at those guard positions, as great as Derek White has been, don't get me wrong, he may have had a better season last year than Marcus Smart did. 
you know, defensively, he was elite. Offensively, he was great as well. Um, but if you're not going to have Brogdon, he's injured. So they've got two first round picks in return uh, for Marcus Smart. They received Porzingis and two first round picks. Then, um, you know, now you can package those first round picks with Brogdon to try and get talent from elsewhere. But you talk about getting the toughness back into the roster. Who can you look at around the league that the Celtics could realistically get that would provide them with the leadership and the toughness of Marcus Smart? There is no one. And that's where I really struggle with this trade. Well, well, you know, when you talk about leadership and a championship caliber, right, leadership is a collective thing, right? And Marcus Smart, as you evolve into a championship caliber team, which they have, that has to be an internal thing. That has to come from everyone. And Marcus Smart has been a very vocal leader, okay? But there's all types of leadership. There's vocal leaders. There's guys who lead by example. There are quiet leaders. There are guys who... You know, individually, they thrive in communication and relationships. And one of the things that you have to do as a championship caliber team is you have to always leave space open for your best players to evolve and step into that role. And right now, the thing that I'm most interested in and is, is, you know, I'm, I'm look, I'm a huge Marcus, Marcus smart fan. I love Marcus. I, I, I love everything about him. I love the way he plays so forth and so on. However, now what you're, what we're really saying there in Boston is now the elder statesmen on the team. Now, when I say elder statesmen, they are the best players on the team, but now they are the most influential players on the team, not only the way they play, but now in the locker room, it's going to be Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Now it's their team. Mm-hmm. Now it's their voice. Now when something needs to be said, instead of us waiting to see what Marcus Smart's going to say, <laughs> now it's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Okay. Al Horford, you know, as far as basketball, his, you know, his best basketball is behind him now. I think he will always be a leader as a vet and people will respect him. But we're not expecting Al to come out there and, you know, he'll have those games. But we're not expecting him to carry it in a series. So now the leadership now will shift. They will take on a new personality and it's their time. And and I said, we can argue about whether or not this is the right move. Okay, and that's fair. That's fair criticism. However, the thing that I'm not going to argue about is this ownership has said we're going for it. They're going for it right now. They're not like what we're seeing with other franchises where they're they've taken a, a turn and they're whatever adding this or or you know but they're going really, for it by making their defense worse. Okay, that that's that's fair criticism. Yeah. However, that's fair criticism. What we do know in the NBA is that there's there's two trains of thought. There's rim protection that you're going to defend with, and then there's perimeter defending the three-point line okay coach Missoula has stated what he values most he values three-point shooting that's I'm not saying it's right we can argue we can say Mike D'Antoni we can argue on whether or not you can win a championship just like we can argue whether the way Daryl Morey for instance we can argue that that's fair that's a fair argument however what we do know is if we're if you're going to win or you're going to be a good defensive team in today's game as it is now it's always changing and always evolving 
you got to have two themes. Either you got to have great perimeter defensive players who can guard the three-point line, or you better have rim protection. Now, I think they probably said, I think they said, well, we got a player who will fit what we want, which is three-point shooting. Coach Missoula has been consistent about that. All right, Mo doesn't like it. All right, that's fine. That's fair. But the combination of Porzingis, at least on paper, and the Time Lord, and the other guys at their size, I'm going, that's pretty interesting. I'm not saying I agree it's going to work. I'm just saying, I'm just saying on paper, well, it appears to be that they have said, Three-point shooting, which addresses their offensive need. That's how they want to play. And it addresses their need to have not one, but two shot blockers on the court at the same time. Yeah, I'm I'm not against pausing his joining this team, right? My point is more yes. the deal was supposed to be giving up Malcolm Brogdon and getting mm-hmm. pausing his return. Now, the Clippers pulled out of that trade. The Celtics were under a timeline of pressure because pausing his head until midnight to opt into his contract to make this deal happen. But... You can, if you're pausing us in the Wizards, mutually agree to extend that deadline of when you have to opt into your contract by. So it feels to me that the Celtics panicked and did whatever it took to acquire Porzingis rather than saying extend that deadline and we'll work out for a deal with Brogdon elsewhere to make the original framework work. Because then you have the rim protection and everything you're talking about with Porzingis and the three-point shooting, and you still retain your best playmaker and an elite perimeter defender. That's why I think it's bad. Not that getting Paul Zingis is bad. Well, it's that I, you I, could have found again, a way I to don't... make this work. Okay. That, okay. That, that That's that's a fair assessment. However, once a player, once a player fails a physical, which is a subjective thing, now you have to find a new home for this player in 24 hours okay and that's to me puts you at a huge a significant disadvantage mm-hmm. <laughs> okay all right now i'm not saying it's not possible i'm just saying it puts you at a significant disadvantage once the word gets out that player x has failed a physical well what's wrong did you know this was, you know, like who did we just see someone here? Oh, we just saw it with the Portland. Remember the Portland Golden State Detroit? Yeah, Gary Payton. With uh, Gary Payton. Okay. Yeah. It's a subjective thing. Like some doctors may say it's fine. Some doctors say it's, it's, it's. So again, I'm going to assume they are working under, you know, you know, the domino effect, you know, one thing has to happen before the other thing happens. We don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they got something up for the draft. Who knows? I don't know. This is one thing I, that's why I'm careful to comment about it is because I'm going to assume this is this roster construction that they're currently doing is not done. And we're going to see what they're going to do as we go through it. However, right now, yeah, you make, that's a valid point, but for whatever reason, they felt they had to do something and do it right now. Because maybe they had something else going. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But I do know it's very difficult putting deals together. And I do know that, you know, economically, 
You got to find things that fit into what your economic framework is. But what I do respect about the Celtics is they've pushed their chips in because now we know that the Celtics are going for it. That's one thing we know. And now, well, economically, you've got them. an elite guard who's on a cost control contract for multiple years. And now instead, you have an injury prone big man who's opted into a $36 million extension. And you're going to give a two year, $77 million deal to with the new CBA looming and having to pay Jalen Brown. So economically, it doesn't make sense for me either. And now if you want to add talent. How come? They, they, they've they added. How okay, come? But if they you want to add talent, the guys to win. You, know, you want to add talent. You're adding, who are you getting? This is my question. What else have you got in the works? Who are you getting at that guard position? Like, who on the Soics is well, a good well, passer? Let's even start with that. Who's a good passer left on the Soics? Okay, again, Mo, if you're looking at the roster right now, those are fair criticisms. If you're saying right now, and this is the this is who they're going to open up with on opening night, Mo, okay, they're not but, done. But, but what I'm saying to you is the remaining assets you have to make more deals because you're not getting free okay. agents, right? You might have okay. the taxpayer mid-level five million, but you've got Malcolm Brogdon who can't pass the physical. You've got Grant Williams who can be signed and traded. Pass the physical got... according to the to the LA Clippers. This is it's a subjective thing. The most it's subjective. The most accepting of injury team in the NBA, the LA Clippers. It's a subjective thing. There's 30 different doctors. And one doctor may say one thing, one doctor may say that. We, we can't just say the, 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 the stats. We have to give the whole picture and then allow our listeners to make their own conclusion. Okay, the Clippers, all right, whatever. Some teams may let you play, some teams may not. But we have to say that and then... Everyone can come to their own conclusion. Are there any players out there that you think the Celtics could target to continue this construction of their roster? Absolutely. A absolutely. Did, what what mean, names spring to mind? Well, there's, it's one thing I'll, I'll never forget. And I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this story. Is every year, one of the meetings I enjoy most in the draft is always Pat Riley the godfather, mm -hmm. he comes in and normally teams will come in and say, Hey, who you have on your free agent? And you'll go down your list and then they'll tell you what they're looking for. And you'll try to see Pat Riley comes in every year. And he says, this is who we're looking for. And he doesn't care if they are a max player, a minimum player, four years left on a deal rookie. He says, this is what we're looking for. And he always says, let us figure out how to get them. That's why you have these cap guys. Why do we, every team has a cap guy if they can't figure out how to get the player when it comes down to maneuvering the cap? That's what they're there for. So if you really want a player, you can utilize the cap for two things. Either it's your best defense, well, We've spent all our cat money or you can be creative Mo and say, we'll figure out how to get this guy because this is what we need to win. Either way, there are problem solvers and there are people who create problems. Now, which one are you going to do? So if they really want player X, just like they really wanted Porzingis, they figured it out. Now it's up for them to figure out what it is they're going to need to play under coach Missoula. I just happen to value D 
defense. I value that. I value defense and I value toughness. I value being able to stop the ball. However, Coach Missoula, who could have a different philosophy? I don't know. I haven't spoken to him, but I do know he values three-point shooting. I do know he values offense. And I do know when the when everything hit the fan in the playoffs this year, he kept saying, we need to shoot three-point shots. We both heard that, right, Mo? Yep. Okay. Now, I kept saying, let's, let's try to stop player X. Let's try to stop Gabe Vincent. Let's try to shore up our defense. But that's just me. And I'm not saying one is right. I'm not saying one is wrong. I'm just saying if that fits his philosophy and their philosophy, Porzingis fits what they're doing right now. He can stretch the floor. He can play with Al Horford and he can play with the other kid, uh, Rob Williams, and he could shoot threes and he can rim protect. So I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying what I value, what I've seen, and then let's see if it works. Now, I think there are, you can always get a guard, right? Because there aren't going to be a lot of shots available, right? I mean, I'm just use, I'm just going off the top of my head now. What if Chris Paul, you know, I'm just using it as a name. What if Chris Paul is there, right? You have Chris Paul. Now you can bring Brogdon off the bench. And so another, another injury prone player. But I, I, I'm not, I'm whatever the case may be. What we do, what we do know is that we need players there that can fulfill what they're looking for. What, whatever it is they're looking for. I don't know what they're looking for. Coach Missoula and that front office is going to figure out what they're looking for and what they value most, right? They, they're, I'm going to assume maybe, maybe it's a Gabe Benson type player. Maybe it's a player out there. We don't even know who they're, who they're targeting. Who knows? But what I do know is that, you know, I like the fact that they're going for it. That's what I like. So to me, that's, that's exciting. That's an exciting thing for me. Now I'm, I'm interested to learn something because I happen to like defense more. Yep. So we'll see what happens. And that's just me personally. It doesn't, like I, I said, well, my thing I've is just like whichever player you're targeting, I don't see how with your options available, you're getting a player who's better than Marcus Smart. That's fair. That's a fair opinion. You know, I don't I, have like, a problem with in that. In my opinion, that's they should have, opinion. they should have extended that deadline and found a way to move Brogdon instead of Marcus Smart. Maybe they have something planned with those two first round picks that Memphis gave them. I don't know. I'm not inside that room right now. Um, yeah, that's fair. But we'll have to wait and see. BJ, I wanted to just get from your perspective, because you've been in these, it's the draft tonight, right? You've been in what they call the war rooms when teams are making their picks hmm. and making their trades. Can you just give us an insight into what the atmosphere is like inside them and what really goes down behind the scenes? And we see a lot of last minute deals. Are those deals really as last minute as they appear or have they been in the works for a long time and they just pull the trigger at the last minute? Or are there situations where, say, Portland's about to pick number three, and then their phone rings and it's Brad Stevens saying, here's Jalen Brown for your third pick or whatever it might be. Well, in some of the best rooms that I've been in is you have all the options available, right? You look at every team, right? You look at every team and you say, here's their cap situation. Here's their current roster. And then you go through the exercise based on what you think they need and what they play, how they play. 
And then you look at every scenario, right? Your cap guy puts out every scenario in which it's possible for them to move every player. Okay, so you say, let's take the Boston Celtics. All right, there's no scenario in which I think they would move Jason Tatum. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you said Giannis, maybe if you said Jokic, but do I think Denver is going to say, hey, Boston, we're going to move Jokic for Jason Tatum. (laughs) I don't think there's a scenario. No, that's not happening. So Jason Tatum's off the board. You know, then you just go down the list. You you just do it. You know, you're very methodical. You just go down the list and you say, okay, here's where I think they're going to try to improve their roster. I think they're going to try to improve their guard play. Well, who you, how you think they're going to do it? And then you'll say, what do you think they will move Marcus Smart for? What do you think they'll move? And you just go through it. Now, once you know the scenarios with every team, right? you don't just get to the, to the draft and then all of a sudden things happen last minute. You, you know the scenarios. And then when the scenario comes up that you're looking for, you jump on it. So you say, okay, I'm the Celtics. We need to add a big who can shoot and we need to utilize what chips you have in to improve your roster. Well, we have first round picks. Clearly Marcus smart was on the board with the right scenario. Clearly Brogdon was on the board and you methodically go through this. And then as scenarios pop up and become available, you weigh the options on who can do what, because you all, it's like playing chess. You have to not just worry about what you're doing. Why does this other team want to do this? So it's highly unlikely that the Celtics would trade with an Eastern Conference team right now because they feel that they're one of the elite teams. They're not going to try to improve the Milwaukee Bucks. Unless unless it's just like draft picks for the future. They may take those draft picks and go get a player. You're not trying to give them any more chips. You know, you're trying to figure out and deplete the other team by adding to your team. Okay. So so the fact that they did two deals, one went through, we're both with Western conference teams. You follow me. You're constantly, because what you wanted to do is you want to send as many good players in the other conference so they can beat up each other. So which makes your, your route you know, at least in theory, easier to get to the finals or the conference finals. Okay. So they sent Marcus Smart to the Western Conference. Well, when you start thinking about the West, you're going, it's a, it's it's going to be pretty good in the mm-hmm. West next year. It, the okay? Memphis has got two defensive players of the year on the team now. That's scary hours. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So now what you're trying to do is figure out what you're going to need to play. So, all right. So, I, you know, I, and I was thinking about this. I was saying, okay, well, in theory, they got enough bigs to play against Philadelphia, to play against Miami, to play against Milwaukee. And at least on paper, we may not agree that it's the right, but we will agree that they have enough bigs to at least, in theory, you know, Porzingis should be able to do something versus P.J. Tucker, let's just say, <laughs> Okay. You know what I mean? He should, in theory, be able to do something. He should be able to play against Kevin Love or whoever else they put there or whatever it is they're going to do for Miami. So just go on and on. Mm -hmm. But I think what they're doing, that's how you prepare for the draft. These guys have stacks and stacks and stacks of information. Well, now you own your computer. And, And every time you talk to a team, 
you look at every option they have available to him. That's the one thing about these cap guys is by the numbers, you know every player possible that can be traded for and how he can be traded. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they put it to memory, but they definitely have five to eight scenarios that they're looking for. And when a team comes into that, gets into that ballpark of what you want to do, then you try to make the deal if it fits your timeline. And I think that's what's happening with them. But like I said, I, I like it when teams go for it. Even if I don't agree with it, at least I respect it. You know, And I, I respect the fact that you're saying the Celtics are saying, we're going for it. They're going for it right now, which is great. Now, you and I will have fun next year talking about whether it was a good deal or not, but at least we know what they're trying to do because some of these organizations, you know they're not even trying to make the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, so let's have fun with it, Mo. I mean, your Celtics are going for it. Yeah, well, they say they are, but they're soft as hell now. Well, they I just had a, a, a text from my friend. Is Paul Zingas any good? I've not heard about him from time. Last thing I heard about him, he got beat up outside of a bar. Um, so we'll see how that works out for them. I mean, no Imodoka, no Marcus Smart, no Grant Williams. Very soft team. Um, and they just want to shoot threes all day. Have fun with that. Um, I'm looking forward to receiving my Memphis Marcus Smart jersey. I think it's going okay, to look amazing well, on me. Th- there, uh, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, NBA drafts tonight. I know you're going to be very busy and um, we'll be here to wrap it up after everything's all said and done. And hopefully well, Mo, there's more it's, moves it's on the way. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know what, Mo? Listen. <laughs> there are a million ways to build a team. A defense Everyone's is the trying best way. <laughs> well, hey, Mo, you and I would agree on that. I mean, I mean, all the people you listed, Daryl Morey, Mike D'Antoni, their team's never won nothing. So if you're happy well, getting well, to the well, conference but, finals... Okay. But there's always a first. Mo, there's always a first. There's always a first, okay? And that's what makes it interesting. Everyone says old school, new school. Mo, like... It's been, it's been consistent in how you win. It's been consistent in how you win in this league. Since the beginning. Yep. And that's why when people say, oh, that's old school. No, it's not old school. This is just what it is. Like, when you got to the playoffs this year, you know what was fascinating? The, the scores came down drastically. How many games did we see in the playoffs yep. this year? They were under 100 points. It's yep. because, Mo, it's really hard to defend and do those things in the regular season. But when you get to the playoffs, Mo, the game slows down and it gets organized. It gets more physical. And then everyone kind of zeroes in and then you have time to prepare that's how good these guys are do you know who i want to see the Celtics try and get i want him to try and get bruce brown (laughs) from boston (laughs) opted out of his contract you could have had him last year for nothing i know like every this is what i'm saying mo this is this is why i'll say this and i don't want to go too far this is what everyone talks about analytics and coaching and this guy's a leader and this guy's a star they are great players everywhere mm-hmm. scouting is the most valuable thing in the nba it's the most it, it, we should just do you know what we should do mo is what what we should do is we should be from the first podcast that start valuing the most this is the most valuable thing in the nba the ability to identify talent Mm-hmm. because there are good players everywhere 
even on the worst teams in the league. I remember when Bruce Brown played for the Detroit Pistons. You could have gave him, you could have got him for anything. Yep. <laughs> now Bruce Brown is, is is in the NBA parade, and they're talking about we need Brucey. <laughs> you could have got Bruce Brown literally for nothing. Yep. Even last okay. summer, his phone wasn't blowing up. That's what I'm saying. So the, the thing that is, to me, the one of the most, you know, the undervalued thing in the NBA is the ability to scout and scout talent, okay? And it's amazing to me how when we start talking about championship caliber players, it's the same formula. Toughness, okay? Defense, professionals. And they're everywhere in this league. But some of us don't value defense. Some of us don't value professionalism. We'll take a talented guy who maybe will say, well, this guy's talent is off the charts. Maybe we'll just say this guy is a, a shooter or whatever it is. But if we're talking about winning, you win with professionals, you win with tough guys, and you win with defense. And Bruce Brown, there are uh, not a lot of Bruce Browns around, but let me tell you this. There's quite a few of them. There's mm -hmm. quite a few of them, okay? And that, to me, is what makes it fun in the NBA. And scouting at the heart of what I do as an executive, as an agent, is to be able to identify championship caliber players. Mm -hmm. Caldwell Pope, for instance. You could add him. Yep. These guys, you, Jeff Green, how many teams have he played for? He's been playing this These guys twice. are here. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. These guys are all through the league. It's just that the philosophies of what we value, everything's got to always come together. And 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 here's the last thing I'll say: There's three things that has to happen when you're constructing a team. First of all, you got to have good timing. You got to have some luck, and then you got to have talent. Yeah. And this year, Denver had all three. That's how you win. Yeah. Should I tell you something uh, interesting that's just come out? The Clippers' reversal on Brogdon was centered not on having time to complete a physical. He didn't fail the physical. They just thought there wouldn't be enough time. And it's unclear whether Brogdon will need surgery on his forearm. But if he does, he'll still be ready for the start of next season. So the original trade Mo, should have just gone through. Mo, this is what I've said. That's what I said, Mo. It's a subjective thing. That's what I was saying to you. Yeah, they didn't even have time These to do Mo, it. Mo, Mo. <laughs> You never the owner, the GM could have said, wait a minute, they're trying to they're trying to get over and improve their team, cap us down. Who knows what these people are doing? But what I do know, Mo, is they're they're incredibly smart. And everyone is always playing chicken with the other team. Mm -hmm. So you never know what is going on to do something. You know what I mean? So again, Mo, let's just enjoy it here. And at least, okay, my team right now, the Detroit Pistons, Mo. My mm -hmm. team. Okay, Mo, we're, we're, we're light years away from pushing all our chips into the middle of the table right now. Yes. Okay. So at least you are, you could agree whether or not you agree with the moves. But right now, Mo, we're just trying to get our roster together right now because we were trying to you know, build our roster through through the draft. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that's what makes this fun. I love to scout. If there's one thing that I would do 
more than anything is with just to be able to go out and scout players mm-hmm. because Mo that that is the because every think about this Mo the greatest players they've all like fell in the draft like we drafted Jordan number three well how how did he get to number three mm-hmm. how did Manu Ginobili get to the second round Jokic, how did Jokic Draymond, get to the second round even Kobe what, how did Giannis Mo, how did Giannis get to like what did he get like 14 14 15, yeah Kobe to 13 Oh, so the, the thing is, Mo, what I always try to do, and, and I always have this responsibility, is to never, ever miss a great talent. Yeah. And never we, miss it. My friend uh, Doman went through the last number of NBA drafts and looked at where the best player from that draft class was actually picked. So 2019, Ja Morant, second pick. 2018, Luca, the third pick. 2017, Tatum, third pick. 2016, Jalen Brown, third pick. 2015, Booker, 13th. 2014, Jokic, 41st. 2013, Giannis at 15. 2012 was the last time the best player from a draft class was picked, number one, and that was Anthony Davis. Before that, Kawhi in 2011, number 15. 2010, Paul George at number 10. 2009, Steph at number seven. 2008, Russ at number four. 2007, KD at number two. So, yeah, there's a lot of talent out there. I'm excited to see what happens. Exactly. Um, Hey, Mo, that's what we should be. Like, everyone wants to talk about the draft. I'm I'm gonna say this here. All right, this is the first time I'll say it because now I, I I'm starting to believe it. I started to notice when these players were coming in so young, how were they gonna get better? They had so you had to create a whole new system. That's called a you know, you hear about player development all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Coaches don't have time to develop because if they lose enough games, they'll get fired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a fact. So yep. player development and coaching don't go hand in hand. So then this is when I started saying, I go. You know what? You know what the you know what the number one job is, and I just started doing this on my own. Is start scouting NBA players. Yeah, because they're so young; they're coming in at nineteen. In three or four years, they're twenty two, twenty three. Yeah the the age that they would have been drafted in previous eras. Yes. So, so Mo, to me, the most valuable thing is to be able to value to evaluate if you will young players who you think have a chance to become professionals because when they come into this league they're not professionals they don't have any experience and they're just learning but so the nba kind of picked up on it and then that's why they created the g league because they're like why should we get penalized and start developing players for other people all right. Mm-hmm. There was a player before you, a younger player. His name was Jermaine O'Neal. It took him about four or five years yep. to become the all-star Jermaine O'Neal, but he developed in Portland, but he starred in Indiana. To me, that to me is the secret now to the NBA. And that's what Pat Riley knows. See, yep. Pat Riley confirmed what I always believed. Because you don't, we're drafting potential. But professional players, they're totally different. Mm-hmm. He just has a formula of what he's looking for. And his formula is we're going to draft guys who can shoot mm-hmm. and who can defend. <laughs> okay. Caleb Martin can shoot and he can defend. Struce. Yep. He can shoot. What's the kid? Gabe Vincent. Oh, yeah. Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent. He has a formula, and it doesn't matter whether you're a lottery pick or whatever. That's just potential. Potential gets coaches fired. 
If mm-hmm. you can defend your position and you can shoot, you can play in this league as long as you unselfish, selfish players. Mm-hmm. And that's what Pat, Pat Riley has done. What I was, all, I've been thinking this for about the last 10 years. And I said, oh my, he did it. He started taking players that weren't drafted, that no one else was looking at. And he just said, forget the draft because I don't have time to develop these people. Mm-hmm. Get the undrafted guys that played a few more years of college, played in the but he league knows, overseas. Speci- he has a specific thing, not just any guy. He has a specific thing that he's looking for. Can you defend your position and you, can you shoot? Mm-hmm. Shooting is just repetition. Yep. And that's why these guys play the way they play. And that's why they're, you, you, you know, Cody Zeller. What, 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 how did Cody Zeller? He wasn't, he wasn't in anybody's roster. And all of a sudden now he can play because he has a specific thing that he's looking for. That to me is the key now to the NBA. Being able to identify the Bruce Browns and those guys, because those are the unlikely contributions that I always refer to. Mm-hmm. I hear I mean, it. You, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, so exactly. Maybe the Celtics have something up their sleeve that we don't know about. I hope so. Because it, it thinks to me, the speed at which they pivoted to the smart traders, they were originally going to do the pausing his trade for Brogdon and then trade smart for Tyus Jones and the picks anyway. Um, and Tyus Jones is a fantastic backup point guard. He could even start in this league. But they basically lost out on that. So we'll see what they have planned. We'll be here tomorrow wrapping it all up for you guys. Um, BJ, good luck with everything going on with the draft tonight. I know you'll be busy. Thank you, Mo. Well, hopefully, Mo, you and I... No, I'm serious, Mo. You, it would be a fun exercise Let's for do it. us to say, okay, we're just going to watch games to watch the championship caliber players who could contribute. Yeah. The dogs. You follow yeah, the, the championship caliber players. Yeah. Because why do we miss them? We always miss them because we're so enamored with the star player, which is obvious. Like you see Zion, you go, mm-hmm. but you know, this guy's like Herb Jones. You're going, no, I would love to get that guy. Man, Herb Jones for real. You follow like, like, what did Utah see in Lori marketing that the rest of us missed? Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? So that to me is what makes it fun because now Mo, you have to really have a deep understanding and take deep dives and saying, if this guy gets to the right place, this is what he could be. And that to me is the fun part of the NBA, you know, and putting these things together, like, like the 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 this is the last one I'll say. Pat Bev really saved the Chicago Bulls season a year ago. Yeah. But Pat Bev he couldn't get it going for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. But Pat Bev in Chicago same with Russ and the Clippers. Yes. See, that's to me, that's why when I start seeing people criticize, I go, maybe it just doesn't work with their philosophy. Yeah, it's all their personnel. They're, yes. But if you can put him in the right scenario, man, you got a player. Like Pat Bev, I mean, they were unbelievable once he got there. Mm-hmm. Just one player. You know, and that's the difference between a team. So we know defense matters. Okay. We know professionalism matters. And we know toughness matters. 
It's consistent. And then when you have a very talented player that embodies all of those things or your best player, now you're talking, now you're talking something, bro. So, so you got me excited, bro. So you, you, yes, I, 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 you got me excited. I, I, I'm excited to see I, what happens like, tonight. Like the Celtics, like, Mo, they have talent. But you know what would be really fun to do, Mo? If they said, hey, Mo, BJ, just go get us the toughest <laughs> guys we can find to, sur to surround these guys with. Now, Mo, that would be a fun exercise. And I will bring them. I will bring them Marcus Smart. <laughs> <laughs> I've got just the guy for you. He absolutely loves the city. He uh, gives it his all uh, on every know, possession. You, you I know, know who exactly I got? You, you know who I got, Mo? You know who? You know who I think they're gonna get? Dylan Brooks. Yes, yeah, that'll yeah. be the guy. <laughs> that'll be the guy. I, I can already oh, see it. Yes, I can already baby. see yes, it. Baby. Uh, yes, that's who we want. That's who we want, baby. That's who we want. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. There's <laughs> tough and want. there's fake tough, so we'll have to wait and see. On that, I'm not trying to see no damn pregame dance. <laughs> that's who we. That's who we want, baby. That's who oh, we man. want. That's I'm, who we I'm ending the show. I'm ending the show. <laughs> hey, listen. Subscribe, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And most importantly, like the Memphis Grizzlies will next year. Get buckets.